0: It turns out to just be like a kid who's like a brat (laughs) and they're like, the oracle has spoken. (laughs) I hate it here! (laughs) Yes, we must write that in the runes.
1: Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of
0: film. Since this is a cesspool for spoilers, we will be talking about various movies today. If you don't want those spoiled for you, go check out our spoiler timestamps on Instagram and Twitter at We Explain
2: Movies. Here's how it goes today. We're actually going to play some games where we usually do some listener questions. We're going to try out some games today, and then we're going to discuss the movies that we watched in this round. Uh, We all watched at least one, so we're going
1: to do a little discussion on that. Boom. Goes the dynamite. Let's get into this (laughs) game. so the game that we came up with for this week, uh, we each have a favorite actress and a favorite actor, and the three of us have all looked up their domestic box office records. And so what we're going to do is, uh, for instance, I have Amy Adams. I'm going to list three Amy Adams movies, and they're going to have to put them in the correct order of Domestic box office gross. Going from biggest to smallest? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going from biggest to smallest. And do you two want to introduce who you will be playing as?
0: <laughs> like what our actresses are? Yeah. So
1: my actress is going to...
0: avatar is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my actress is going to be Emma Stone. My actress is Jessica
1: Chastain. And then the game with the actor is going to be a little different, so stick around for that too. Yes, we'll play the actor game next. Um, so, who wants to go first in sharing the movies? You want me to go? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll
2: go. All right, so these are um, three of Jessica Chastain's movies with box office numbers. You have to guess which
0: (laughs) The other movies don't have box office (laughs) numbers. uh, With
2: box office numbers. (laughs) You have to guess the numbers.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. This is The Price
2: is Right. They're Um, like,
1: Miss Sloan who?
2: (laughs) Here it is. Lawless,
1: mm, Crimson Peak, Molly's Game. Okay. I'm feeling a lean towards Crimson Peak. Uh, this isn't my answer. I'm just thinking out loud. Are you making notes? No, I'm just writing, <laughs> I'm just writing them down so I can like, stare at them and I was think like, about are you doing it. math over there? There's
0: no way. <laughs> if I do the formula just right. <laughs> I'm actually Googling it and cheating. <laughs>
2: um. Wallace has
1: one A. And so does my <laughs> game has one A, too. Crimson Peak also has one A. <laughs> Points for an apostrophe, though, in Molly's game. Um, if Molly's game if was if all about money. If it's Molly's game possessive, does that mean she owns the game? <laughs> uh, I feel strongly about that one. I just feel like people are stupid enough to go see Lawless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do have an inkling that a lot of people saw Lawless. I think Crimson. Okay, okay, okay. This is how I'm going to go. I okay. think it's Lawless. This is your final answer? This is my final answer. I Don't think say it's,
1: anything yet until I've gone, though, too. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think it's Lawless. And then Molly's Game and then Crimson Peak.
1: Okay. I'm going to go Crimson Peak. Oh, shit. Lawless, Molly's Game. Oh, you both got it wrong. Uh. (laughs) Lawless was the highest. I knew that. Crimson
2: Peak was the middle and Molly's Game was the lowest. So
1: you got the first and I got the second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I got the last and you got the top. Um, And then we also wanted to share for each actress, what is their highest grossing film of all time, and what is their lowest?
2: Jessica, Justin's highest grossing film of all time so far is Madagascar 3. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) She was in that! Her lowest um, grossing is a movie called Stolen, which I have not seen.
0: I feel like the lowest ones we won't have seen. I mean,
2: I'm not acting like I've seen Madagascar
0: 3, like I haven't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, good job, guys. I mean, I would say, like, more bad job. <laughs>
0: bad job. You guys suck. Do you want me to go next? Yeah, go, go for next? it. Okay. For Emma Stone, we've got Birdman. La La Land.
1: I thought you were going to say Wallace. Because <laughs> 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 she was in that Gangster Squad one, oh. which was basically the same movie. Okay. And Easy A. Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, I hope that one's not last. <laughs> uh.
2: I'm, like,
1: I'm going to just jump feet first into this one. Okay. I'm going to say La La Land, Easy A, Birdman. Final answer? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let her go okay.
0: first. Well, yeah.
2: I'm going to say Easy A first, then La La Land, then Birdman.
0: Courtney was right. <gasps> oh! <laughs> Sweet. Birdman was like really low down the list to where I didn't even see it. it and looked... I was like, excuse me, yeah. where did it go? It wow. looked
1: too artsy for for like, the crowds to go to. Yeah. I mean, in La La Land, that's just for the masses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Both. Uh, the Oscars.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, and then her highest grossing
0: film, I think, is pretty obvious. La La Land? No. Wait. Her highest grossing movie?
1: Yeah. Aloha? <laughs> no.
0: Superhero. Oh, Spider-Man! Yeah, The oh. Amazing Spider-Man. Right, she's Gwen Stacy. <laughs> and then her lowest-grossing film is the one that I was telling Courtney the other day. Is the one she wishes people go out and see, which is Paperman.
1: Nice. Paperman is so good. It's her lowest-grossing film, like way down there. I That's think it's sad. just because it was indie. Probably. Probably. It, it was it not released in theaters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, so I chose Amy Adams, and here are the three Amy Adams movies: Leap Year. Doubt, her. Ooh.
0: I'm already ready. Oh. <laughs> I think it goes, her, leap year, doubt. That was my guess, too.
1: You're both final with that? Yeah. Say it again. Her, leap, leap year, leap year doubt. doubt. Wow. You guys read it in reverse order. Oh. It is doubt, leap year, her wow, that really? Is Doubt the highest grossing. Is it because of the cast? It's because isn't cast. that crazy? Yeah, it's probably because of Meryl. However, this is um this is low on her entire filmography. Mm-hmm. These are and they're all three right next together. Oh. Um, however, Doubt made forty million. Leap Year made twenty nine million. And her made only twenty eight. That's crazy. I feel like her was so much more widespread than yeah. doubt, right? Than doubt. And but I bet a lot of old people went to see doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's her crazy. highest grossing film is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, mm-hmm. which I can be happy is not Justice League. I guess. <laughs> and then her lowest grossing film is an indie movie that I have seen called Standing Still. Did you like that movie? It's an early two thousands movie about different couples all getting together during a weekend to celebrate one of their weddings, and she's the one getting married. But then, like, her girlfriend from college shows up, and they like make out on a bed, and she's Ooh. like, "No, I can't. I'm getting married." Oh, <laughs> and James Vanderbeek is there, uh. and so is that like he's always there. Stoner right? brother from just uh shows up. from Meet the F- Parents. Uh. So it was. Not good. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, on her on her uh on her Rotten Tomatoes it wasn't her lowest. No. Oh. Yeah. So, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, our second game, we all have a favorite actor. Yeah, so, yeah. we are going to play the same game but with Rotten Tomatoes scores. Mm-hmm. Three movies and we're going to uh try to put them in order of highest Rotten Tomatoes score to lowest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like just so the masses
0: knows, I didn't realize how Many varying degrees of scores were gonna be out there. Mm. So the three movies that I picked, that I'll say when it's my turn, but were different on the different scores. So I think it's gonna make
1: it hard. Cause it's because um, like IMDb is with fans. Mm. Like anyone can contribute to that, whereas Rotten Tomatoes is just critics. It's just critics, yeah. Don't they? But they have like the that's the audience part score and the but, audience. Yeah, but that's score. not factored in this list, I don't think. Mm, it's okay. just critics. I see.
2: Okay, well I'll go first again, I guess. My actor is Oscar Isaac. Ready? Yeah. Sucker Punch. Oh, yes. A Most Violent Year, The Promise.
1: I don't know what The Promise is. Could you tell us about it?
2: Oh, I definitely thought you'd seen it. The Promise is um, with Christian Bale. Okay. Here's the movie info. It says, when Michael, a brilliant medical student, meets Anna, their shared Armenian heritage sparks an attraction that explodes into a romantic Rivalry between Michael and Anna's boyfriend, Chris. That's Christian Bale. Okay. A famous American photojournalist. What year did that come out? 2017.
1: Is it a period oh. film? It is. And what's the most violent I year? I know what that is now then. The most violent year is the one that we didn't even get through. It's with him and Jessica.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh. And it seemed like very mob. Very 1970s. Mob when did that come out? 2015. And what was your third one? Sucker punch. Sucker punch. Okay. I would think people would probably eat up a most violent year, and then sucker punch, and then the promise.
0: I'm going to say a most violent year, the promise, sucker punch. Can you say those again? Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, my final answer is a most violent year, sucker punch, the promise. Okay. And mine is a most violent year, the promise, sucker punch. Okay.
2: Kayleen got it right. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, that was hard. <laughs> I the
0: promise seemed pretentious.
2: <laughs> um, People most, love pretentious. Um, a most violent year was eighty nine percent. The promise was fifty percent, and sucker punch was twenty two percent. It's really sad. It was sad. But he he's great in all of them. So <laughs> I really wish that there was some website that was like that scored the performance and not the movie. You <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be really. <laughs> That's cool. that
0: is cool. Um, idea.
2: His highest rated film is called Balibo, which I've never seen. It's a hundred percent. And his lowest is a movie called W E oh. at thirteen percent, which I've never seen either. Interesting. Closely, uh, um, just like barely ahead. As lowest at fourteen percent is Life itself. <laughs> 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 Love that. Which his performance in that is great
0: too. Just the movie is shit. Right. He's also not in it very much. He's not. Yeah. So, for me, my favorite actor is Sam Rockwell, and the movies that I picked for him are The Green Mile, Three Billboards, and The Way, Way Back. That's hard,
1: because you got classic, Mm -hmm. and indie. I bet Three Billboards is lowest. I don't know how beloved that one was by critics. But then The Way, Way Back, I don't know how many critics even saw it. (laughs) I'm like mad if The Green
2: Mile's not number one. I think it's three billboards,
1: then Green Mile, then The Way, Way Back. I think it is The Green Mile, The Way, Way Back, three billboards. Those are your final answers? Final answers. Neither is right. Okay. What? The Green Mile's fucking last. Uh, yeah. uh,
0: it goes three billboards the way, way back, the Green Mile. Can you tell me what those percentages are? Three billboards is 91. Oh. Here's also what I think, the older something is, the more the score has a chance to go down. Because stuff has 100% a lot right, right when it goes to theaters and then loses yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I think three billboards has a 91 because it's still pretty recent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, the way way back has an eighty four, and the Green Mile is a seventy nine. <gasps> wow! No. I know people don't have the right amount of love, or at least critics don't have the right amount of love. Wow! Isn't I can't that believe that. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. fight
1: every single one of them. I know, <laughs> John Coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I deserve like, better. That it's
1: not a B. Like what is
0: that? Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> um, the highest one on his Rotten Tomatoes is a movie called Blaze. This was from 2018, which again is why I think it's so high right now. It's a ninety five. And then his lowest one is some movie called Strictly Business.
1: Hmm. Strictly
0: Business. I don't think he was a big part in that one.
1: Yeah, that's the hard thing. Is it was a like, 10% A though. tiny part wow. in it. Yeah. Okie doke. So my favorite actor is Jake Gyllenhaal, and your three movies are Zodiac, Brokeback Mountain, and Source Code. Ooh. I think I'm going to be disappointed.
0: <laughs> I, why would you put Source Code on there if it's not a fucking trick? <laughs> Maybe they're all really close.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, this is... Wow, this is... I need a second. I'm not (laughs) mentally ready for this. Okay, this is what I think. Brokeback Mountain is the top, then Source Code, then Zodiac.
1: Okay. (sighs) I'm really
0: stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I want it to be Brokeback Mountain, Zodiac, Source Code, but I think... Oh my god! I have no idea what critics think about these things. I feel like source source code has to be last, like it has to be, but I feel like it's not. See, you're
1: also all thinking like Courtney's tricking
0: us. I know. By I know. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go with Zodiac, Brokeback Mountain, source code.
1: <laughs> oh god, she's giggling. You're wrong. Wow, what in last place? Brookback Mountain. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> me? What's the you... percentage? 87. Oh.
2: But It okay. deserves more
1: than that. It's second place. good. Zodiac. Wow. <laughs> source Code is first. With 89 and they gave Source Code a 92. Wow. Which no. <laughs> that is such bold. I do not stand by that. Source Code can have an 80%.
0: But it does not deserve a 92. That's a crazy score. How does
1: Source come <laughs> have a higher score than the Green Mile? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Because Mira, pardon uh, plays a deranged agent. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the overall premise of that movie. That's We're going to harvest his brain <laughs> to predict future terrorist attacks. <laughs> <laughs> that That's sounds like bonkers. great, great filmmaking to me. I wish yes. you
0: put Prince of Persia on there. Is that the lowest rated one? No, yeah, what it's are not. The so highest...
1: Jake Hall's highest rated films. Uh, he's got 100% for Donnie Darko when it was re-released in the theaters. Oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. And then his lowest movie, which is, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, guys. Have you guys. seen this movie? Uh, I've watched the trailer, and it is ludicrous. It is called Accidental Love. And of all people, it was directed by David O. Russell, who does Gritty, American Hustle, The Fighter, and this is like a rom-com that he ended up hating so much he was like, burn it! No one may ever see it! And it's... Jessica Biel gets, like, hit in the head with, like, a nail, and then she goes to get it, like, surgically removed, and they're like, we can't remove it, so she's, like, live with a screw in her head, and it makes her really weird, and James Marsden, her boyfriend, is like, you're so weird, (laughs) (laughs) and then she falls into the hands of... Jake Gyllenhaal. When who's she like, falls
0: into his hands when no, I like, to the nail. She...
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a senator who's like trying to champion her cause. Like, people shouldn't have to have nails in their <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> and I laughed really hard watching the trailer. Oh my God. Um, I don't wow, know if you can amazing. find the movie anywhere. <laughs> But it's got a five percent. That's terrible. Sounds a lot better than source code, Man. <laughs> it really makes me laugh because David Russell you know, like a quote filmmaker. That's so fun. And I was like, what? Are you, what were you doing? <laughs> I like it a lot. And he like made it after American Hustle. Wow. Wow. <laughs> or at least That's after the like, no fight or something. Yeah, it's not that old. He made it after like hitting it big with something else. That's I, I die. So funny. <laughs> So that was was our fun fun game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I liked that fun game.
1: Uh, Next, we're going to move into um, each round we try to see one of the movies that was explained to us. And so today, Kimmy and I watched Death Becomes Her. Mm -hmm. I watched The Crow. And Kayleen has now seen *Midsummer*. Mm -hmm. So those are the three we're going to be reflecting on and... Sharing what, what we found interesting or yeah. good or bad or whatever about it. What is chronological? Death Becomes Death Her. Becomes
2: Death her. Becomes Her? Okay.
1: Yes. So Kimmy and I are going first with Death Becomes Her.
2: Yes. I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't know if it's because I, I came home from work and I was really tired and I was like, I'm like more invested than I would be if I was like, on a, am A-game a mm. or something. Like but if you were
0: searching for a film to watch and that was what you chose. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I just liked that it is for sure that vibe of, like, Tim Burton-esque. And I I know you said it, but when I saw it, I was like, oh,
1: yeah. There's, like, these pastel 80s architecture walls when she's walking around, like, the beauty place to get her. Mm. And just how nice it looked. I was like, that is so eerie. Like, it just... It was so creepy, like these purple mm-hmm. and pink walls where every, everything in the 80s looked kind of hazy. <laughs> yeah. And I just was like uh, put off by it. Did yeah. you see that weird thing that I told you about? Like where she walks past that open
0: door and there's yeah, the, a guy on like the wheel? Like a hamster oh. wheel. <laughs>
1: yeah. Also, there's just, I mean, obviously it's a movie about um, spoilers for Death Becomes Her. It's about women taking an elixir to live forever, um, but there was other things where it's like she was in the room with one of the estheticians, and all of a sudden a man was in the room with her sitting yeah. on the chair, like, yeah. and there was no way he came in, so yeah. it's like he magically appeared. Um, so that was kind of a fun element, mm-hmm. seeing stuff like that. I liked seeing the depth of um, Meryl Streep's character
2: because. I envisioned her being more, like, shallow and vapid, and she is, but there's there's layers there that I wasn't expecting, mm. and I guess that's what kind of turned me off of it the first time, but watching it, I was like, oh, I, I felt bad for her sometimes, yeah, yeah, you know, and when she gets put down by the younger beau, yeah. who is named
1: Dakota, Yeah, left that <laughs> I don't even remember that, we were dying, she was like, Dakota, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, something about just, like, the, the depths of the characters and their relationship. I really enjoyed this. Um, their names are Madeline and mm-hmm. Helen, mm-hmm. and so typical, uh, nicknames for people like that, it would be Maddie, and then you don't really abbreviate Helen. Right. Um, however, they only refer to each other, like, in the first few scenes, like, every time they re- reunite it's like Mad. every time they have a reunion, they call each other Mad and Hell. Which are just that, mean. That is funny. I never thought about it's, those as, like, yeah. their own words. And, like, being, like, mad as hell. Yeah. You know, they clearly, there's just so much animosity between them as friends to, yeah. to call each other mad and hell. I was yeah. like, those mm-hmm. aren't nice nicknames.
0: <laughs> My only, funny. like,
1: gripes with the movie is that Bruce Willis was not as I pictured. Mm. He looked like Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. And yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was picturing Bruce Willis, like, in the sixth sense. Like, where he just kind of looks like Average Joe, and he wears, like, tweed, but he looked like Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. (laughs) Yeah. No,
0: they definitely, like, super try to disguise him. They're like,
1: no, he's not an action star. Yeah. And then, um, I've just had to sit through movies where Meryl Streep sings too many times in my life. (laughs) I feel like I've had enough. (laughs) Yeah? And she sang in the beginning. I'm like, Um, I think that's the only time she sings, though. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and and then it's just one of those things where when when we discuss the movie... I like the way you both deliver jokes so much, and so Wrinkled, Wrinkled, Little Star was not funny when she did it. I was like, Kayleen did it better. Go back to Yale, Meryl Streep. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: That's the title of the (laughs) thing. That's
1: funny. (laughs) Uh, I would like to, I haven't mentioned her on this podcast yet, but I really would like to talk to um, my best friend in Oregon, Danielle, because she's a diehard Meryl Streep fan, and just see what her thoughts are on this one and where... Where it ranks for her, because where does it rank for you in terms of Bob Zemeckis?
0: Well, obviously all the Back to the Futures are the first, and then yeah. Roger Rabbit is probably second, but I also really like, yeah, Roger Rabbit would be second, probably, like, Forrest Gump. I've only seen Castaway once, and I did enjoy it, but it's, like, not a really rewatchable movie, and this it one is. It is not.
1: because... <laughs> uh, I did watch yeah. Castaway, Castaway this week, and I was very surprised when I saw Robert Zemeckis' name. Oh. I had forgotten that, but I mean, it was Tom Hanks, so I should have seen it coming. <laughs> um, however, just, that guy, really, what is his style? Because I know. Death Becomes Her felt so Robert Zemeckis, where mm-hmm. I was like, this feels very in-universe for you. Yeah. But then he just goes and he does, like, these super Oscar movies, yeah. and it's just, it's so interesting what yeah. he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a well-rounded fella. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he gave us Manifest, so. He gave us oh, the God. best show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited that you watched The Crow. Yes, so the yeah, next one would be I the, am Crow. You I it, the Crow. I watched The Crow. And I liked it. Good. Um, I feel like I rated it higher than I would rate it now. Mm <laughs> <laughs> um, and and there were some things stylistically that I found myself loving and some things oh, yeah. stylistically that I hated. Yeah. That I hated. Um, <laughs> I think we edited it from the podcast, um, but Kayleen talked about how there would be these seemingly random freeze frames, there's a lot. Right? There's, okay. yes, because uh, I feel like you mentioned it when for the first time when uh, Sarah and Eric hug together. It's actually, like, right at the beginning, and, like, it kept coming back, mm. and I was like, what are you doing with this? Um, <laughs> it's really odd. Yes. My other style thing that I just, ugh, it, it bothered me every time it happened. There was a lot of POV from The Crow itself, oh. <laughs> where The Crow, like, because of its crow eyes, like, the world bends and distorts, like, a mm. funhouse mirror, and it was in black and white, and every time that happened, I was like, stop. <laughs> but it was
0: always accompanied by, like, crazy music. It was
1: accompanied by crazy music, but what I would like to talk about is the music. <laughs> Dude, it's a character. Uh, the music's a character, and really, the beginning of the movie, there is really touching music mm-hmm. yeah. when, when the bodies are spoilers for the crow, when, uh, <laughs> Eric is discovered dead. And then, um, when his fiance is being loaded up into the ambulance and Sarah is kind of crying and having to walk away from this crime scene, there was like this really beautiful melody playing. And I, I loved it. It's only like later when it gets to be like crazy guitar roofs and stuff that it's like, ah, that's, that's wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some pure camp right there. Um, I haven't re-listened to our episode of The Crow, so I can't remember Mm. if this has been edited out or not, but I have a gripe (laughs) that I would like to share with both of you. When we were discussing The Crow, they talked about how the first song that has like lyrics in it is like on the nose, and it's like putting my mask on, wearing black clothes. Is it
0: Marilyn Manson like you guessed it (laughs) was? And I
1: guess that it was Marilyn Manson. Guys! And I said no. You said no. I loved the song, first of all. And it was The Cure. <laughs> and wow, I was I so down for it. Um, <laughs> no, I could just tell it was The Cure, like, oh, right okay. away. I was like, this has got to be a Cure song. And I could just, I, like, I love The Cure. And so listening to, like, Robert Smith's voice, I was like, baby boy. Oh, that's really funny. And I went, and I Googled it, and it turns out that um, the author of the graphic novel and the screenwriter, same uh-huh. person, uh, loved The Cure and asked if they could use their song, The Hangman's Garden, in oh. the movie. And instead, Robert Smith said, no, I want to <gasps> write you a song. Oh. And so that's why the lyrics are all on the nose. Because really he wrote it after the story. Oh. And so <laughs>
2: I so that. I can forgive it of that, but I loved the song. So creativity might have been... St- Stifled a little bit so, in terms of
1: <laughs> lyrics. What I can say, the shadows are coming. So Doctors. like
0: like that Huey Lewis in the news song, gotta go back in time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: Is that a real song? Yeah, it was written oh, from Back to the like, Future. Well, I figured it'd be from that, but like, yeah. gosh, Power of Love, that's so much better. Because well, he wrote Power of Love, because he was like,
0: I'm gonna write a song that doesn't have anything to do with your movie, and Robert Zemeckis was like, that sounds fabulous, like, I don't care, I just want an yeah. original song. And then he was like, okay, I'll do another. And it was, like, so on the nose.
1: (laughs) Who, maybe someday we can ask the question of, like, favorite original song written for a movie. That'd be a fun one. Because that that used to be a really big thing. It kind of still is, but it's mostly, like, for credits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, the credits playing. Unless you're going with a full musical. Um, Other things, I thought Sarah was really cute, but she could not act. Yeah. 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 She did have an undercut which was insane for 1994.
0: what? Like where
1: she had a ponytail, but the rest of the underpart of her hair was shaved. Oh, yeah. I was like, you were ahead of your time, Avril Avril Lavigne. She's also not what I pictured. I actually Mm. pictured her um, Asian. Oh. Oh. I don't know why. Um, A line that I really liked is um, said by, oh, just another thing too, is that Albrecht hangs out with Sarah a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. And so, uh, like, yeah, they're, they're at Yeah, we left about like, the diner and of stuff. Of course, because it's just, yeah. like, many mini, mini details. Um, but, like, they're at the hot dog stand, and Sarah comes up, and he's like, Oh, how's it going, Sarah? Want a hot dog? And she says, You're buying. And I thought that was adorable. Yeah. But the owner of the hot dog stand, I really liked this because it kind of uh, tells you what their entire city, which is really their world, is yeah. like and what is coming He says, you know what this place needs? A natural disaster. An earthquake, or I don't know, a flood, like in the Bible. And the fact that it's raining so much, and then Eric comes and wreaks havoc on the entire crime world, and they're gone by the end of the movie. I really liked that, because it's like he was there reckoning, and, and now Detroit can be safe. It Hopefully. does really
0: feel like a bottle universe,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels
0: like there is no world outside of Detroit. Right? Yeah, yeah it really did feel mm-hmm. like
1: that. Um, like, nobody gets out of here. Yeah. And it's because I, I also got the vibe as the movie was going on, and I'm really thankful I knew who Top Dollar was before the oh, <laughs> right? yeah. Isn't it so out of the blue? <laughs> he sucks. Um, but also... It just was, um... It's his hair as we described it. His hair was more beautiful than you described I liked his hair. <laughs> <laughs> it was only greasy on the top. Yeah, it was yeah, luscious yeah. the rest of the way down. Yeah. Um, it became clear that, uh, I really didn't see the point of Top Dollar when you guys were explaining it, because I was like, he's not the four people who killed his yeah. girlfriend, who killed Shelly. Um, but actually, like, the little steps along the way, it kind of seemed like the police were in his pocket. And that Albrecht was the one getting shafted and getting demoted because he was kind of onto them, uh, like when T-Bird is killed. Which I feel like I'm jumping all over the place. But when T-Bird okay. is killed, which he stick he sticks a firecracker to his balls. <laughs> I don't remember who, that. Who
0: sticks firecrackers to when balls? Eric Draven
1: uh, like drives him off the pier with all the fireworks? Oh, well in it, on his balls! He puts it on his balls. <laughs> <And I'm laughs> he's, like, he's gonna die. He but feel symbolism. it on his balls. But he raped symbolism? his wife, yeah. so balls. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyways, when they recover T Bird's body, like the chief of police is mad. He's like, "Look at this! Look at what happened to this poor man!" And oh, yeah. Albrecht's like, "That's T Bird," and he's yeah. like, "I don't care." And it's like. Yeah, nobody deserves to have their balls lit on fire, but maybe some people (laughs) But maybe this guy. Uh, yeah, anyways, I just, it seemed kind of like the whole town was corrupt, except for our sweet, uh, police officer who wears boxers and his police cap (laughs) in the comfort of his own home. (laughs) Um, I thought you guys described it very well, um, the opening shots I loved, um, Mm. and I loved kind of getting to see those without too much detail about what the cinematography looked like, but it was, it was, it was dope. Right? Um. Oh, of his, his crows that he paints and everything, I liked those mm. a lot. Oh, there was a scene that you guys didn't mention that I was happy you didn't mention, just because it's fun to see those details. When Fun Boy shoots him in the hand, and he holds his hand up and looks at him through the bullet hole oh. that the hand went in, and he's laughing maniacally, and then, like, the hand heals. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed what Kayleen called a cameo from a cat. <laughs> you didn't tell me Gabriel looked like Kiki! Yeah, I like a, a fluffy white cat. It's like a spotless Kiki, yeah. um, and I loved Gabriel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was, its name was Gabriel. Its name was yeah. Gabriel, which <laughs> is
1: a stupid name for a cat, and also why is the cat still alive if it's been trapped in an apartment for an entire year? Mm-hmm. But what are you gonna do? It, it was nice getting to appreciate and watch what Brandon Lee gave his life for, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed it. Isn't I would it like it a to nice watch it like again. Halloween. Oh yeah, that's era. the thing is I would like to watch it again. Halloween time. There was something else. He just wasn't what I expected. He really wasn't. His voice mm. is so deep, and he really just looked like the Joker to me. Mm. It didn't look as different from that as yeah. I had expect- anticipated it doing. Um, and he his acting style was funky. Right? I didn't, I I, like I he yeah.
2: wasn't a great actor.
1: Well, that's the thing is I don't think it was bad. I just was like, yeah. this is a choice. It's, um, it it was kind of I.
0: Th- Don't think that's very far off from what he was probably like in real life, which is why it's Mm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Because that's just, some people people are weird. Yeah. (laughs) So, he just fit like, I'm a weird dude, and, uh... Not, like, really trying to be scary, just kind of naturally
1: being creepy.
0: Yes. A little odd,
1: yeah. yeah. And all of his goth girlfriend flashbacks were funny. Um, I, did, I didn't laugh at anything because I wasn't watching it with someone else I could poke fun at it yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. So instead, I just kind of had to absorb it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed it. I can see why, why people would love it. Yeah. And I would like to rewatch it. What I would like to close with is that Skank was my favorite. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't tell me that he was like crazy Looney Tunes druggie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, he's... There's this part where, like, him and T-Bird, they, like, punch the air together, and they're like, oh! Is that (laughs) right after he was humping the parking meter? It's right before (laughs) the (laughs) humping. So then I was like, what is this scene? And then he starts humping the parking meter. I was like, that's skank. And he's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's a crazy person. And uh, he (laughs) he reminded me of... Like a combination between Toot Toot from The Green Mile (laughs) and Mr. Jangles from The Green Mile. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Which I know is not his name. That's what he names the mouse. What is his name? Uh... It's something really... Creole. Delacroix. Delacroix. Right? Yes. He reminded me of Delacroix meets Toot (laughs) Toot. I
0: would like to think that you met Mr. Jangles. (laughs) I did meet Mr. Jangles.
1: He's always pushing around like a spool of thread. (laughs) Uh, so, those are my thoughts on The Crow. Great!
0: I'm glad you liked it so much. I did. It was a fun experience. Yeah. Very unique movie. Yes. Both, both of those are pretty unique I would unique like movies. to watch
1: it on a stormy, dark night. Yes.
0: yes. I yes. want it to be raining
1: outside. I would which, like to And watch... then I'm gonna light your house on fire. <laughs> 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 um, Death Becomes Her, um, on a Halloween night. Yeah. We should watch some more spooky movies this year. Like yeah. Like, we did last year. year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. You guys ready to talk about Midsummer? Because I am
0: ready to talk about Midsummer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the hard thing for me is that I didn't remember to bring a notepad or anything into the theater, Mm. so I was sitting there watching it, and on about, like, my third mental note, I was like, tits, I can't, like, pull my phone out and write this down, (laughs) so at the end of the movie, me and, uh, Christian and Dakota all discussed it. And we, as soon as I got inside, I was like, Dakota, don't talk to me. I have to write notes down. <laughs> Which, the discussion was fun, because it kind of helped me remember more things. That's nice
1: that you got to do that.
0: Yeah. Very excited. So, I'm so happy that I watched it after you guys explaining it to me, because with that, and I feel like this is going to sound like a negative thing, but for me it was a positive thing, I wasn't scared at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I knew everything. And... Since this movie is more just a slow burn and disturbing, anything that was gross or scary I knew about, and therefore I could either, like, look away, or I just, I was never afraid for the main character. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had the same uneasy feeling that most people would have on their first viewing because... I knew when things were going to happen. Like, I think... It eliminated the creeping dread. Yes. of yeah. like, what's going to happen when, and to who, and what's going on? Like, I just... I knew it already. And the, the time that I think I would have been the most on edge, and when I was... Obviously, it's not the same being explained to, but I was the most on edge in your explanation for this part, too is when you talk about Mm autostupen. Because it's so... You know it's going to be something creepy, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And so when you guys talked about it, I kept waiting like, oh, they're at the dinner table. Is it going to be here? Is is autostupen at the dinner table? Or the lunch, whatever time of day it is. But so in the movie, I felt that lingering people Mm -hmm. around me are probably waiting for what's going to happen when. But I... I told them that the part I wanted to look away at that they would see coming a mile away, Mm -hmm. which was, of course, the part where the woman jumps off. Yes. Um, Did you look away? I, like, did the little eyes between the fingers thing, which I do that often in movies because then you kind of, like, still see it, but it's just blurred colors, you know? And I was like, damn, like, I see her whole red face come up off the rock, Mm -hmm. right? Um, however, and this is jumping ahead, of course, but however, I didn't know they were going to show their smash faces, like, seven more times. Oh yeah, sorry.
1: (laughs) They catch those a lot.
0: Which, like, how am I going to know when each one is, even if you told me? Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay, I looked away for the face smashing, I looked away for the lady jumping, I'm good, and then they kept showing the faces, and I was like, (laughs) well, now I've seen the faces. (laughs) They were gross. That was really gross. Super um, graphic. And everyone around me hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I don't
1: think people love it. <laughs> so,
0: someone's just eating their popcorn like, more. <laughs> um, I also was pissed because, so our theater was packed.
1: So it was ours. It was? Yes. It's because it's in this dinky theater. It but is, in yeah. a the big theater. People oh, yeah. want to see yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, our give theater me was face packed. that face-smashing in IMAX. Especially because we saw Hereditary in a giant theater, and yeah, that was really? such a success. It was awesome. Mm. And so...
2: I don't know why they're doing that. Or theater. <laughs> idiots.
1: Idiots. Finger um, wag at you. <laughs>
0: but so, I didn't hate that it was a packed theater, but what I hated is that the movie starts and the tapestry thing comes up and I like, you know, it's like this, the first second I see the tapestry thing. And then people have to get by me to get to their seats. Aww. And I, like, because I was like, oh, yeah, excuse me, and getting out of their way, I totally, like, it wasn't even that I was trying to look around them, I just kind of forgot to look at the tapestry, and then by the time they were out of my way, I was like, shit, I need to be looking at these, and then it was gone. That's and hard. I was super mad. I was like, oh, I was meant to look at that! <laughs> so, hate those people, they're the worst. Another thing that I was paying attention to, because knowing what's gonna happen, is when Danny is leaving her parents a voicemail, I was like... Oh, I wonder if, like, you know, me watching it, I wonder if there's any way people could have guessed that they were dead already just by, like, the way they're sleeping or something, right? They looked Mm -hmm. pretty weird. They were breathing still.
1: Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. they were
0: breathing still? Isn't that crazy?
1: They just sleep like freaks. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because I was, like oh, they're going to look stiff or something weird. And then I'm that's like, oh my so god, they're eerie. still
1: alive. See, that's the kind Meaning of thing gems... Meaning if they would have, like, answered the phone, maybe uh-huh. they'd be alive. Ugh, those mm-hmm. are just the gems that you want to rewatch this movie oh, for. To catch them awesome. like that. That's yeah. terrible. Uh, another
0: thing that I wrote down is an Easter egg. You guys might have brought it up, and obviously we just did the Midsummer episode really recently, so mm-hmm. I haven't re-listened really to it or anything. But cheaty says... Uh, something about how the Vikings brought in the hottest babes from other countries. Yeah, that was my fun fact. Did you guys bring that up? Yeah, that was my
1: fun fact at the end.
0: I was like, I feel like you did say that, but I just, when he said it, I got really excited, because I'm like, you're
1: bringing a babe there right Right? now. It's so eerie, just like, they, and he's like, they dragged them back here. Yeah. Like, that's you right now. (laughs) This also...
0: I just... It's it's awesome getting to watch it as if I've already seen it once, because I got to, like,
1: notice cool things. When she blows out her birthday candle, it totally sounds like... <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the candle even goes out on her inhale for some weird reason. Because oh. it's like the candle wasn't lighting properly, and so right. she's like... <gasps> and it, like, sucks the flame Maybe. away. Yeah. And that scene, which I was happy that you guys didn't really go into
0: depth on it, because it was really, like, beautiful to watch, is... Um, when Danny is upset on her bed after Otto mm-hmm. and Pele comes over and is comforting her and he says you know, he's basically saying that Christian's not good for her, and he says, does he make you feel held?
1: Mm -hmm. Does he feel like home? Do you want to hear what my letterbox review of Midsummer was? (laughs) It made you feel held? No, I wrote, raise your hand if you felt personally not held by Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, there there's so much, just since the beginning of, hinting that these are like her people yeah. you know that mm-hmm. these are actually the good people in a way and so I'm totally team Pele <laughs> That's what I'm saying um you guys had mentioned how all the stuff in like there's all the pictures in the room that yes. they sleep in so I was trying to get a glimpse of those when I would remember and the only one I really remember is that it showed a building on fire nice mm. so I'm like okay I see you <laughs> When you had talked about his drink being a different color from everyone else's, I didn't realize how goddamn obvious it was yeah. going to be. <laughs> I was like, Christian, speak up. Be like, how come everyone else has lemonade and I have guava juice? Like, it's so clearly a different color. Especially once you find the pube.
1: Like, once you yes. find this, p- then
0: don't drink it. Like, don't yeah. drink it.
1: Even if it wasn't.
0: A different color. Take like a
1: mild guess as to what would make lemonade turn red. Even if it's not period blood going through your head, it's blood. Right. (laughs) Or something
0: wrong. Like, something's wrong. Don't drink it. (laughs) Um, I also was looking really heavily to try to see if they were eating in all the Mm. scenes. And I was a little bit upset because I was paying attention really hard. And sometimes it would get really frustrating because I would look at one person and then I would, like, you know, I'm focusing on person number one, and then person number three puts their fork in their mouth, but I was focusing on person number one, so I didn't notice if there was food mm, on the fork. Right. So I was trying really hard, but at different times, I did catch people faking it, and I did catch people actually eating. Oh, So okay. I did actually see at least once or twice food go in mouth. Hmm. Huh. Uh, I never saw people drink their drinks, except for, like, the shots and stuff they take together. Yeah. Um, and I did see a lot of fake cutting. Like, I saw people uh-huh. who were just constantly, like, pretending to cut, and all their knife was doing was, like, grazing the top of their pies or whatever. I
1: wonder what the reasoning for that would be. So ind- I wonder and if me. it's as simple as, like, that's eerie, right? Right. <laughs> right? right? Imagine Thanksgiving dinner, but everyone's just, like, <laughs> smacking their fucking just knife played. together. their I utensils around.
2: I wonder if it's, like, if it's as simple as the director was trying to trick you. Maybe, you know, yeah. Like, have people eat sometimes, have people not eat sometimes until it's, like, really apparent at the yeah. end. Which, that's stupid if that's the thing.
0: I also just wonder, you know, for the people who aren't eating, how do the, because at the end of the meal,
1: people's food is less, so what's happening to the food? Are you just tossing it on the ground? Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's, like, a hierarchy thing, too, if like... You're not allowed to eat at this meal like this person eats at this mm. meal um but we don't want the outsiders to look uncomfortable right. or something like that. I don't yeah. I don't know. I would mm. like to know more about the food. I also
0: I just started to notice this over and over again that not only is Christian not supportive when she's having a hard time, he's not supportive when she's having a good time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like when she is becoming the May Queen or like when you know she gets to sit at the head of the table, all of those times, everyone is so happy for her, and Christian is just silking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or confused. And I'm like... And then, it made me think about the scene where his friends are like, dude, you need to break up with her. And his defense for that isn't like, I love her, or these are all the reasons why you guys are wrong. His defense is, what if I break up with her and I regret it and I can't get her back? Right. <laughs> so what that says to me is that he's just worried she's going to go and, like, become a better person without him, and then he's going to realize what he's missing out on. It's so he selfish. just, like, and keeps her yeah. on a
1: leash yeah.
0: and doesn't fucking care about her. Yeah. It's so frustrating. (laughs) The
1: indecisiveness is crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) What sucks is that there's people like that out there, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's totally a realistic feeling relationship. Yeah. I believed all of it. I was like, that's a real guy right there.
2: And their fights are just, like, so sad.
1: Yeah. Because... Because it's clearly a couple who's, who's past their prime, who doesn't know how to communicate, like, yeah. as, as relationships go on, you have to deal with certain things, and they never dealt with them along the way, and so right. now they just, they're just so passive, they don't have to do anything. The fact that after, like she
0: said, it's been four years, mm-hmm. after four years, you are still having fights where your boyfriend says, I'm just, I'm just gonna go home. Like, talk it out, dude. Yeah, yeah. You're never, I mean, I understand he's not very invested, but your relationship isn't going to last if every time you get in an argument you leave, Mm -hmm. then you're just burying more and more feelings.
1: Stupid. And forgetting birthdays. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And not worshipping May Queens. (laughs) That is a thing
0: also, which maybe we should talk about at the end, but I have a lot of questions around the whole... The frequency of the event. I know we yeah. talked about it a little bit, yeah. but I just am curious because you know maybe they maybe they like crown a May queen every year, but this specific sacrifice doesn't happen every year. Maybe that really does happen only every ninety years.
1: But it can't happen ninety because Pele's parents died in a fire. That's and true. And that just seems so. That that no, they had that in there. That's if that wasn't true. You know. Another thing too is I think it's yearly. Reason why I thought that too is because that baby's there with no parents. Yeah. And so I was, and that baby's like a year old. And so I'm like, "Mm, you're clearly the product of outsiders. And then them being like, they're on their pilgrimage. When really everyone who was on a pilgrimage came back for the festival. Right. Nobody stays away from the pilgrimage or from the festival. And so then that
0: also just raises these questions for me of like, because we didn't really get to see any of the May Queens' pictures up close. Like, mm-hmm. how many of them are still there? Yeah. I feel like a lot, probably. Uh, because I I don't know how that works. If, if a May Queen is like, fuck this place, are they going to kill her? She's your queen. You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I think the magic, for lack of a better term, really works, though. Like, I think that it really compels them to stay. Oh, like, oh, like you you getting know. wrapped but up in all of it. Nobody
1: else in the community had a different accent.
2: Mm. So then, are
1: they just bringing Swedish people in? Maybe she learned. She did speak. learn Swedish <laughs> on drugs. <You> know. <laughs> Maybe she's just full Swede now. Crazy. Yeah. So it's probably yearly. Yeah. I, I just love that lie. Mm-hmm. It's such a lie. Yeah. Once every ninety years, because you then, can't miss it. Because then that suggests. It, it just, it, it is meant to make it seem like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, mm. but I just feel like, <laughs> unless somebody's telling me about Haley's Comet, I'm not buying into, like, that this is the one time I'm going to get to right. see anything, yeah. and do I really need to see it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Sure seems like a trap to me. It really does. I also didn't realize that they only have one oracle at a time, and that they okay. make them on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was okay. very disturbed by Incessed. that. <laughs> I thought it was just like, "Oops, we accidentally let two siblings have sex, and now we have an oracle." But they're like, "Oh no, when the oracle dies, we make a new one."
1: But what I also am wondering is like, what if they keep breeding through the oracle? So it's like, Reuben will be the father of the next one. So then it's just gonna get even more oh, and more and more, right, babes? Like like Reuben and his mom, or something like that, or Reuben and his sister. Or Re- yeah. Yikes! To like keep that, keep the that pure, as linear the pure as blood. possible. <laughs> Yeah. Incest babies aren't necessarily
0: going to be divorced. They're not
1: necessarily. That's why I'm thinking it's always, like, front... Like, like it just is kind of piling up on top of each other. Okay. So, like, Ruben's father or mother might yeah. have also been the oracle yeah. or something like that. To really keep it because in mind. Because
0: otherwise, you're, you're taking a shot in the dark. I also found myself being on board with the sex scene. it was funny because I was just trying really hard to think about these people in the way you know, like, in the metaphor, and that they're all there to support you. And even though, of course, that's a very shocking scene to see all those naked women, like, watching those two people have sex, when the girl, who is losing her virginity, reaches out, and the woman comes to hold her hand, I was actually pretty touched by that, Mm -hmm. because, yeah, it's creepy and weird and obviously that's not normal, but she did that because she was comforting her, like, it's gonna be okay, mm-hmm. this is a normal human thing, and she starts singing to her, and I really was, like, okay with it until they show his reaction, and I was reminded, like, yeah, it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, th- and then it was funny, too, because it was that harsh contrast between yeah, kind of getting... On board with this crazy clan, and then seeing like the American going, "What is happening?" I might have
1: found it funny if it had been uh, Mark in that situation. Mm -hmm. Like if Mark went away to go and have sex with that one brunette, and that was the waiting. Everyone kind of just like encroached on their space and was singing. That would have been funny, but this case, I was just like yuckied out by everything. I just his he did such a good
0: like big eyed face at the singing at him. (laughs) Um, and then immediately after that. We get the Danny, Danny's crying scene. Yeah, which is really And she, good. like, throws up. And everyone immediately comes over and is petting her head. Mm-hmm. And they do the thing where they're wailing with her. And I think for a general audience, they were pretty, like, respectful. But there was definitely still laughter. But so I, I was just so invested in this whole, like, yes. we all feel the same thing. And how... She's not like in all the times we've seen her have a panic attack. She's never gotten to be comforted. Yeah, and she she always runs away.
2: You know, she's trying to like keep it under wraps, and she can't explode with all of it and get it out.
1: I read a fun thing too that every time she has a panic attack, her main problem is not breathing. Whereas Mm -hmm. this community is all about breathing. She's constantly choking and closing her mouth. And then it it like turns into hiccups every time. Mm -hmm. Whereas this community, they were like telling her to breathe Mm -hmm. and they all are pushing the air out. I think I know what part people were laughing at. They were laughing at the beginning of it where she was like screaming and then like another girl looks at her. And it just looks so like anthropological to be like, what's happening? ah, <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're all copying her at that point. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, and it is. It's shocking, especially when you're not expecting it. And so, I, like, I get why people laughed initially, but it, honestly, they stopped faster than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. And I felt so emotionally affected by this scene that I almost cried. Oh. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, not, not only is she being comforted for the first time really ever, But they are letting her express it to the fullest and encouraging her to get it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it made me also think, this is probably not even just the first time in the relationship, but, like, the first time in her life. Because having a bipolar sister who is kind of taking up all of your family's time and attention because they want to make sure she's okay... They probably don't really have time to focus on whatever problems you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And really, the only support system in her life seems to be that friend we never see on the phone. Who was like, your boyfriend sucks. Yeah, she seemed like a (laughs)
1: homie. (laughs) She should
0: invite her to to (laughs) to to (laughs) speak. She'll be the next year's May Queen. Uh, So I just just thought
1: that was really beautiful and it really affected me. See, I like that. I just, I appreciate that these are... um, themes and ideas that can be discussed mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe seeing the movie and being like, that wasn't scary. Right. Or seeing the movie and being like, that was weird. It, but I think there's a lot so of much people are going to have divorce, that discussion. Of course. Yeah. However, yeah. I love discussing anything yeah. Ari Aster does because mm-hmm. there's so much to it. Or yeah. just
2: chalking it up to like, that was a horror movie. Like, it's yeah. way more multifaceted than because that. Because really,
1: the real horrors are bad relationships and your parents and sister being killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Not not turning into a slug monster of flowers, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I didn't know she was going to be a slug monster of flowers. There were so many flowers; oh. <laughs> it was like engrossing her whole body. Oh, so, did she look like a slug? Yes, yes, yeah. I know.
2: <laughs> She's
0: um, floral job of the hut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I remember you describing it that way. Yeah. I didn't remember that when I saw it on I'm screen because it's a beautiful sight. <laughs> it was a crazy sight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good description. She is like a floral job of the hut. And Dakota did notice her flowers breathing and he's like, You see him breathing? I'm like, Yeah. Isn't it disgusting? Yeah, it was like a octopus yeah. sucker or something. Yeah. Oh, that I just I feel like you guys described everything really well and and even the level that you thought that I would enjoy the horror elements, it is a lot better than the witch. Uh, Christian actually asked me afterwards, he was like I I told them that I loved it and they were both kind of surprised. They thought mm-hmm. that I wouldn't like it as much. Again, I think they were more disturbed than I was because it was the, all mm-hmm. a surprise to them. Uh-huh. And so they were like, oh, I'm shocked that you liked it so much. And Christian said, what was the last horror movie you saw that you were like, I wish I hadn't
1: seen that? And I said, The Witch. Oh, you didn't like The Witch. I hate The Witch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. You and I just bond over Black Phillip so much. I thought you were just No, I
0: think Black Phillip's funny. I'm glad that I've seen it for that one part. Oh. <laughs> so I know the joke.
1: Oh, did you just not like the ending ritual? No, I just the hate the whole movie. Oh, did it scare you? I, th- I just think it's like
0: unnecessarily disturbing. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't see the point. And then the end was weird. <laughs> hmm. But it was funny. Like, I think it's fun. But I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> That's how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm like, give me... Underlying metaphors. Um, I also think, even though I haven't seen it and I can't say for myself, I do think that Hereditary is still something I would never watch. But this was something that I liked and was watchable for me. Good. I'm glad
1: we could gauge that for you. Yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah.
0: And the, my last note is just that I I don't think that I realized it in the explanation because I wasn't able to see it for the whole movie, but I didn't realize how big of a contrast to the rest of the movie her smile was going to be.
1: Because,
0: again, in an explanation, I can't really gauge that she never really chuckles or hints at a smile at all. And she just kind of naturally has a a downward pointing mouth, too. Like, I feel like it goes down a little. Yeah. And so when she smiles at all at the end, I realized how impactful that was. And not only that, but then she smiles with teeth by the end of it. Mm -hmm. I was just... I loved that. It was so much more powerful to see it and realizing I haven't pretty seen fast. that. We said yeah. she smiles. <laughs> but, um, like, I get it. Like, it's, yeah. not, it, it's not as impactful when you don't realize you haven't seen her teeth like the whole movie, mm-hmm. you know? Unless they're clenched and crying. <laughs> yeah. So, I loved it. I would give it, I mean, I know that's not how, like, the scoring works, but I would give it a higher score after having seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm really glad you liked it. You guys keep explaining such good movies to me. (laughs) Well, I think that's about it. Yeah. Do anyone have any final thoughts on any of those movies? No, just that. I,
2: I meant to share this last time when we were talking about Midsummer. I'm sure you know this, but Ari Aster doesn't consider Hereditary to be a horror movie. He considers it to be a family drama.
0: Oh, yeah. But he does I, I mean, consider
2: this one to be a horror movie. I didn't mm-hmm. mean
0: my oh yeah in like a yeah, I knew that, but yeah, I get that.
2: I yeah. I kinda get it too, mm-hmm. you know?
0: I really just want to talk to him. Yeah. And his mother. <laughs> and so so because I did start editing our Midsummer episode today on my lunch, when you guys originally explained it to me before I knew anything and you said he he is calling Midsummer a story about a breakup, I didn't really realize the whole scope of that sentence because I didn't know he was going to die at the end and, like, that she's free of this toxic relationship by the end. Mm -hmm. So to me, I was kind of... I don't know. I just... Even though I knew that, I still didn't really think about how that would affect the ending of the film, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of it in more broad
1: terms of, like, they have a bad relationship. Or just... Breakup means like it can mean relationship on the rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's kind of what I felt. Especially because they could have gotten together by the end. They could have. Or maybe they break up and get back together. Like they're
0: one of those couples. So I'm glad that
1: that fact didn't spoil it for you because I was worried it would, but it was too good to hold back. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Plus, if he's saying it in interviews, then he's not worried about it spoiling it. No, he's not. Fair
1: enough. Yeah. He's a cool dude.
2: I looked up a picture of what he looks like the other day and I was like, it's not what I expected. Oh, no, I, don't. I don't know what
1: he looks like. Uh, but honestly, it's funny. My, the, he's like bald and With white. glasses and, and he glasses. He looks really sweet. There's Stanley <laughs> uh I picture, for some reason, <laughs> like an M. Night Shyamalan. Dude, me too! <laughs> With short hair.
2: Yes! Yeah. Oh my god, that's so weird, dude.
1: Yeah, that's what I pictured. I
2: definitely pictured an M. Night kind of guy. I pictured
0: yeah. like a like a taller, skinnier guy with like shoulder length, like curly hair. Mm. <laughs> like Josh <Yeah>. Groban? Kind <laughs> of. Like like Josh Groban, but more like first of all, older and more like um, less conventionally attractive. Keith Richards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, makes Jagger. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, well next week everyone we're gonna have guest number two special on the podcast. Guest, special guest. A special guest. And it's also gonna be right before Comic-Con, so these bitches are gonna be busy.
1: Yes. Um
0: so Courtney and Kimmy are gonna do another explanation. To me and my best friend from high school, Jillian. And they're going to explain all of the movie that's on Netflix right now called The Perfection. Mm-hmm. Starring, what's her name?
1: Allison Williams. From Get Out. We share a birthday. Do, Do you really? really? But she's old. Yes. <laughs> she's old. She's old. She's <laughs> ancient. Yes. Originally, all I had to, to lay like, claim to was Thomas Jefferson, and I hated that. That because was your only thing. As and it's your, your birthday to sure, It birthday.
0: No, hard. Isn't Brendan Urie's, like, a day before yours? So many
1: people's, like, <laughs> ugh. I've got, like, everyone just right around me. Like, Sir Sad. Ronan, day before. A uh, whole bunch of people. And I get Brian Williams' daughter. And Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also really glad that we have the Titan A.E. episode and the wrap-up episode before The Perfection. So yeah. listen to those. Otherwise, I feel like we're just inundating you with horror. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Female-led horror. Boom. Yeah, well, female-led horror. Right? right? Go us. Ovaries
0: before (laughs) breweries.